Hey everyone, I'm Julie Gunlock, host of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. For those new to the program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. Today, I'm speaking to Christy Narcy. She's an Arizona mom of three daughters and the chapter manager for the Independent Women's Network. I hope you are all members of IWN. Prior to her work with IWN, Christy worked as an operations director for two of the fastest growing churches in America, and she serves on her local community's K through 12 charter school, I think the board, um, I think that's, oh, she's the president of uh, the charter school. So Christy, sorry about messing up that last line there. Um, thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great to talk to you. Um, and you are a mem- you're the manager, the chapter manager of IWN. Uh, before we get into that, tell us about IWN and your role there. Well, Independent Women's Network is a network of women who are independent minded in their thinking. And so we have chapters in, in states across the country. And uh, my role is to recruit and launch those chapters. And so, um, yeah, it's a pretty exciting organization. Well, it is. And I think one thing that's really great about IWN, um, that, you know, IWN, IWF, IWV, it's the, uh, these are all sister organizations and we're very policy heavy on the, uh, on the, um, IWF side. Um, IWF sponsors this, this podcast. Um, but what's so great about IWN is it is chapter focused and it's about getting together face to face, finding community, find friends, um, find like minded friends, um, but still using the resources of IWF. And this is one of the resources I think that's out there for women who are kind of interested in how other women parent, how uh, their experiences with their own kids. Um, and that gets, that sort of leads to my first question. And this is, I don't want to, you know, have a gotcha moment or surprise anyone, but I do love to ask these, this question, before, you know, and not really warn people that it's coming. Don't worry. I'm not going to ask you like your dress size or anything, but I like to ask my guests if they employ mm. a specific parenting style, some don't, some are like, look, mm. I am, I literally wing it. I get up every morning and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to be, but you know, there are different parenting styles. Um, and actually this yeah. podcast is dedicated to kind of getting away or breaking out of those parenting styles. I do a com- combination of parenting style, very, very much free range. Um, but I have a couple other uh, strategies. H- how would you describe your parenting? Yeah, I mean, I focus mostly on reality parenting is kind of what I call it. So for me, it's let reality be the teacher as much as possible. Um, I'm not the one to swoop in and save my kids from all the consequences of their behavior. I, I feel like life can be the best teacher and I don't always have to be the one drilling the uh, consequence into them. If I just let it play out, sometimes that's the best scenario. Obviously, we're going to keep our kids safe. Um, you know, from traumatic uh, consequences. But I really think that if I just kind of let reality play out, most of the time, they're going to learn the lesson on their own, they're going to own it, and then they're going to course correct. So that's kind that's, of been my effective for me. That's really smart. Um, you know, I, I, I think this um, kind of goes into the, my next question, which is, uh, reality parenting, free range parenting, there's, because I, I think there's a lot of similarities uh, between those two. Um, you have you have to sort of engage in bespoke parenting. You have to tailor your style of parenting to the kid, which leads me yeah. 
uh, to this sort of next inquiry. You know, you I mentioned that in the intro, you are a mom of three girls. Um, and I think a lot, I'm the mom of three boys and my kids are, you know, stair steps, right? They're 12, 14, 16, right? And I think that's what people think of, right? Like, right. or, you know, maybe some sort of, maybe a little bit of an age gap, but not much, but you actually have a pretty dramatic age gap. What are the ages of your daughters? Yeah, I do. So my daughters are, um, the oldest is going to be 24. Uh, is that right? Yeah. 23. Something like that. What year are we in? Oh, she was born in 2000. So 23 this month, um, 22 in July, and then two years old. Boop. Right. There you go. So 20 year difference, 21 year difference. Um, And that strikes me as a major, you know, surprise uh, moment, which happens. Plenty of stories like that. Yeah. But but this wasn't necessarily a surprise moment. Tell us about the circumstances under which this happened. This occurred. This happy surprise occurred. Yeah. So unfortunately, this occurred through some through some trauma. Is really how, kind of how it went down. Uh, my husband and I have been married for twenty five years. We married the same year, nineteen ninety seven, as our best friends. Their names are Peter and Michelle, and. Uh, Peter and Michelle never had any kids. Michelle longed to be a mom. Um, We had our two daughters, like I said, in 2000 and 2001. And Michelle really just came along and helped me mother my kids. She was Auntie Shell to my kids. And, you know, she would take them for Auntie Shell Fridays and they would go out and they would have a good time and she would have sleepovers. And when they got older, they would play rock band all night. I mean, she was the one they would go to especially in their preteen years when mom and daughter were not, you know, when we were hitting heads and not getting along, you know? So um, she just really stepped into their lives, not just as my best friend, but also as their best friend. And um, so sadly, um, after Peter and Michelle had been married 21 years, Peter got into a pretty dark place and we lost him to suicide. And, you know, it wasn't just Auntie Shell, it was Uncle Peter. And so there was a lot of trying to figure out how to help my girls understand what was going on. We were trying to understand what was going on and everything that goes along, you know, with an unexpected suicide. Um, And so fast forward a little bit in 2021, we had sold our house. Uh, We renovated an RV. Our kids were grown. They were adults and we renovated an RV. We were literally living, my husband and I, the RV life. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've forgotten to tell you. Okay. That's a, that's a whole nother, like just noted we are good. That's a whole nother podcast. Cause I'm fascinated. Know that I like secretly want to live in an RV and travel all over the world. I literally, I I watch way too many of those Facebook reels. Right. So anyway, sorry, sorry. I could get derailed so easily. Go on. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. So, um, that same year, Michelle adopted a brand new baby girl right out of the hospital and she became a first time mama at age 47. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so she had done grief the way that we all should. She had gone um, to counseling for several years. She really gave herself the time to recover. And, you know, when Peter first passed away, I I remember telling her, look, Michelle, this is not the end of your life. Like, I want you to know this is also a beginning. And I really believe that at some point you're going to be able to fill that dream to be a mama that you've always wanted to fulfill. And of course, at that moment, she's looking at me with deer in the headlights, like, how, how could that happen? I'm you know, I'm in my forties, whatever, you know? And, um, but lo and behold, you know, she got her baby girl and, um, 
So fast forward a few more months. Um, we were in Texas for nine months. We're in Arizona now, but we're, we were in Texas for the first nine months or uh, for nine months out of the baby's 12 months. Um, so she be, she was a year old when we got the call from my youngest biological. So I have Madison and Hallie. Hallie called. She was on FaceTime. And it was one of those moments you never want to experience. It's branded into my brain because she was crying at the depth that I have never seen her cry before. It was the heaving, sobbing, you know. And so immediately we're thinking, okay, what's wrong with your sister? What's, you know, what's going on? Right, right. What's happening? What's happened to you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she just said, mom, Auntie Shell's dead. And it was like, what? What are you talking about? You know? And sure enough, Michelle had taken an accidental toxic mix of medications and it stopped her heart and her breathing and she just didn't wake up one day. And so the shock, okay, wasn't just your best friend died, but we had agreed to be the guardians. Had anything happened to Michelle? Of course we were, right? She helped us raise our kids. I mean, it was a no brainer. Like it just never, of course, you know, it's just a check you never think is going to get cashed, right? Especially when the baby's one year old. And so, yeah, here we were. We we had already raised our kids. We had already done our thing. And we were living the, the – th- we're doing the thing you wait to do when the kids are out, right? And whoa, you know? So, wow. yeah. So that's how we – have such a big age gap. Well, it's interesting to me because I think you just said it. You said, you know, it, it, you said we were we were launching our kids. Our kids were, you know, we were getting ready to have this empty nest, right? Um, yeah. And then this happened. And the truth is, is that, you know, you have a 24-year-old or 23-year-old and 21-year-old, you know, uh, at that age, I think that kids are still very much a part of their own families or their parents' yes. lives. And they, you know, they come home for holidays and stuff like that. And I assume your daughters are not yet married. Correct. Because yeah. I feel like that's really like, talk about launching and empty nesting. That is, yeah. but your, your, but the bottom line is your girls were, you know, sort of, you know, launching their own lives. Yeah. What, what was it like talking to your daughters? I don't know if your daughters knew that you were the guardians and, and that eventually this baby would, would come into your family and it would be a whole new parenting situation and wow, a new sister. What was that like? And what was their reaction? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the girls knew, in fact, they knew more than I knew, if that makes any sense that we were the guardians, because I kept saying in my shock, well, well, okay. Did she get, did she write her will? Let's make sure she really wrote that down. You know, cause I'm right, like, right. You know, well, my girls are like, mom, you know, you know, she was leaving you and all of her assets, you know, the baby. Well, and also, I think there's, I also think there's like two ways of looking at it. There's a legal way. And then there's like, what were the intentions of the mother? And so your daughters and your shock, which makes sense because you have to deal with the legal issues, but your daughters were probably more like, this was her intention. So this is our baby. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, they never, they never questioned it, although they were very concerned about me, obviously, you know, and they kept saying, mom, we're, it's okay. You know, we're going to step up. We love her. We love the baby. We're, and I kept telling them, you know what girls know if, if we, if your dad and I make this decision, this is on us and you don't need to feel any, ob- you should not feel Aww. any obligation outside of family, you know, but it's not your job to stop launching your life to, and that's just kind of how we felt about it, you know? And so 
we kind of had to help the girls reassess. You're just starting out and you need to keep just starting out. We appreciate that you want to jump in, but we've got to make this decision on our own, you know? So, so I don't know. So you're, so I, well, first of all, that's just, that's so sweet because it's almost like the perfect reaction from everyone. We'll step up. You don't have to, you know, it's like, it's, it's how you hope people react to these situations. But the bottom line is, okay, so let's fast forward a little bit. You end up, this little girl comes into your home and you are now, so give us just a quick, kind of update so she then comes into your home and you're now mothering this how old was she when she came she was 14 months oh gosh it's like the cutest sweetest age oh my gosh um so 14 months and so you have to basically now at this point are you still in the rv we had uh, we had sold it we ran back to arizona we just said okay we can't do this life has just changed even if circumstances didn't work out and we couldn't step up. We knew for sure we needed to be there for our daughters because it was just too much grief. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. So we were back. So you sell the RV, you come home, she then comes into the house. You've made sort of a nursery, you've made sort of, you know, you're starting to buy the kid toys, all of this. I want to talk because this this is really fascinating to me. I, I actually do have a friend who had a child when she was 49 And she also had a child when she was 40 and, um, and boy, boy, is it different. Right. And, you know, when she, when she was talking to me about it, I was like, well, I mean, they have so many gadgets now. Right. I was acting like, I mean, like she gave birth in 1870 or something, but, um, but she was like, no, 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 no. She's like, it's different for me physically. And she was talking about that. So tell me a little bit about your, you know, you, you had infants 20 or two year old, two year olds, like 20 years ago. Yes. Fast forward 20 years. Give me kind of a sense. I want to talk about kind of the products later and kind of how, how the culture is different later. Right okay. now, I'm asking specifically about you. How is it different for you? What were some of the challenges? What were some of the rewards? Do you feel calmer? Do you feel like you're wiser? Do you feel that, that that's kind of what I'm interested in now? That, that, that is a great question. Initially, I'll just be honest. I was very disconnected. It took me three at least months to get out of the shock. I'd always heard how people can have trauma and be stuck in shock. And I never really understood it. And now I get it. I was in total shock. It was, it was one of those, like, what do I do today? Okay. And I just kept telling myself, do the next best thing, do the next right thing today. Do you you feel like, I'm sorry, just to add on that. Do you feel like it's fuzzy? Cause I've experienced like, like the, the cup, were they a little bit in the memories or a little fuzzy? Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Yeah. Especially, honestly, the memories of when my two were little. It was like, how do you do this again? Do you right. okay, diapers? I haven't changed a diaper in that long, you know? I, I, what, you know? And and it's funny you mentioned you know, how your friends said their products are all different. I, I was literally going through her her things and going, what is? I don't need this gadget. I don't need. We didn't have this back then, you know. What do I need this stinking bottle warmer for? Take your bottle, you know. Like, Right. It's like someone, it's it's like someone went to uh, the William Sonoma and bought every gadget possible. And you're like, yeah. I can do this alone with a chef's knife and a cutting board. Like yeah. I'm good. Um, exactly. it, that's interesting. But, but what was it like? I mean, you know, I think at 14 months, you're, I always call it and you're in the bend over phase where you're making sure that they don't fall down or you're like making sure they don't throw themselves downstairs. I mean, that's a really difficult, I will say that is a difficult age because it's, it's before reason starts to, to, and they're like, these stairs look scary. I will not throw myself down them. Whereas a 14 month old, we like, let's see how it goes. Right. Yeah. So what was that like? Cause that is 
you have to be attentive at 14 months. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was all in. I, I had to, I had to walk away from what I was doing work-wise. Um, and I, it was just every amount of attention I could give her. We had some challenges. Um, one of those was that she really had no sleep regulation. That was just not part of her routine. And I don't know about you, Julie, but I'm very like, your kids need to learn how to sleep because yes. 75%, I think, of the behavioral problems are curbed just by having a solid nap and a good nap. You and, know? A, and a somewhat normal schedule. I'm not one yeah. of these people who's like, you have to have, like, but like some structure is. Exactly. Is exactly. Some structure. And so I had this, this little one that kind of got to call the shots before on her own. That's kind of how it worked. And I was like, okay, you and I are going to have a come to Jesus meeting <laughs> because in our house, I tell you when you're going to sleep. <laughs> so I know that sounds a little extreme, but now what? It, to me, that's the way you did it because what you're doing is you're curbing potential problems. And if, you know, if your child's not getting regular rest, how do you know if they're crying because they're sick or they're just mad or they're just angry? Like you, you just, you just got to figure out the sleep schedule. And so that was the number one thing we worked on. And that really changed her whole demeanor. I mean, like hmm. overnight, this was a whole new kid. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, because I had to go, okay, am I trusting my instinct or am I going to say, okay, she's behaving this way because she's had trauma? See, all of a sudden, I'm in this whole new world of parenting a child of trauma. I've, I've never done that. My right. kids were born right into just kind of the normal, you know, whatever. And so what in her is, oh, I'm tired and I'm mad and I just don't want to do it. I'm a toddler, you know. Um, and I'm exerting my will, I'm tired or I'm in trauma and I don't understand what's going on in my life. So I just knew instinctively, if we get sleep down, we'll be able to figure everything else out. Well, this is also clearly a child who's also been through a lot and strangers are around her and people she doesn't know. And everything's unfamiliar from the smells to the taste, to the sounds, to everything, how things feel. Um, and, and, and that's important too, but you're absolutely right that normalizing certain things. So you can at least check things off and say, okay, it's not a lack of, of, but you know, also, I think that most, I think, and I, I shouldn't say most, but I think a lot of parents sort of instinctually understand that structure and regular routines do help, uh, calm a child, giving them predictability, yes. giving them a sense of normalcy, is enormously soothing for young children. And I think today we see less and less of that from, from parents. And, you know, even though I am saying, you know, it's bespoke parenting hour and you should figure Mm -hmm. out the way um, to parent that's best for your family. I mean, look, if I, if I really ask my son right now, what's the best way I should parent? He would say, well, I would like to be on uh, my games 24 seven. I would like no bedtime. I uh, would like to not have to open my door when I'm in my room, right? There'd be, there'd be a whole bunch of rules that are, are, don't apply. So um, that's interesting. I also want to talk to you about sort of um, the, the culture of parenting. Hmm. Like I find I, you know, I, I wasn't, I was in my mid thirties when I had my first child and I finished at the end of my thirties and, you know, I was up at the playground and there were a lot of young moms, um, younger moms, much more than much younger than me. Um, And I I found a sense of, you know, look, I think the parenting world's always been judgy, Um, but, but I found it even worse. I, or I found it sort of, it was, it was suffocating for me. Um, and I don't mean to be totally negative. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot more resources and interest and, you know, we know how children react to things now much more, but how do you find the culture of parenting today? Is it, because I think when we started out, um, 
I don't know. I, I feel like there may be what weren't so many celebrity blogs and mommy blogs. And I mean, that's a little bit new on the, on the cultural scene. How, what do you feel? Is there more judgment? Do you feel less? Do you feel more free to make, make your own decisions about parenting? What are your thoughts? That's a really, really good question. When I had my bios all those years ago, the big controversy was, do you put your kids on a sleep schedule or do you do what was then called co-sleeping? Right. You remember that? It was this big Yes. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, and I, you know, I hope, hope I don't offend anyone listening or even you, Julie, I don't know how you did it. But, no, I don't But care. in my mind, I was like, ain't a child sleeping in my bed? Like, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like me and my husband, like we have a good relationship and that's weird. <laughs> so I'm like, you either have the focus on your child or you have it on your marriage. You know, I, I don't yeah. know what you're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, fast forward now I'm, you know, having to talk with, um, you know, counselors and play therapists and CPS and all these different people involved that were never a part of, you know, my, my circle before. And they're, ta- they're confirming they're like co-sleeping is actually one of the leading cause of infant death. Well, it's like, yes. they roll, you roll over and you try, like, to me, it's just like obvious. So I was like, even back then in my early twenties, I'm, I'm just trying to use common sense in, in, in raising this kid. So that was the big controversy. I was the one that was all out there being the mean mom because I expected my child to learn how to put themselves to sleep, you know, whatever, you know. Um, now let let me just tell you, I, I'm I'm still feeling it out. Let me just tell you, I, I'm I'm still barely going out to places with kids with, with you know, with people with little kids because I'm just like, I, I what what's happening? I don't even know. Right, what's right. Um, and and so I mean, even the first day I had to take her to the grocery store, I was like. What, okay, well, I think she. All of a sudden, there's those things that you put in the cart, right, to keep them from right. getting like germs. And I'm like, get some germs. I need you to get have some a germs. germs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like people would be horrified. Like my child would be like eating the bar. Like they'd be biting yeah. on the bar, and I'm like, whatever, I don't care. Whatever. Whereas now, yeah. like people, like yeah, they put plastic all around it. Oh my gosh. And I, so I'm thinking in my head, everyone's judging me, but you know, I finally just let go of it, and I just said, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm experienced this time. I actually do know what I'm doing in a lot of ways. And some I don't. I'm, I'm open. I'm learning. Okay. But I know what I'm doing. So I'm just going to do this thing. You know, the way that I see best, I'm still, I know my mom instinct is there. Even though I didn't have her from birth, even though this was all new, I know that woman instinct is still in me and I'm just going to push it all aside. So if they're judging me, they're judging me. I have no idea. Great. Um, that what is, the, let me pause and say that is some of the best parenting advice I've heard because mm-hmm. what, when you say like it kicks in, I think it kicks in even for new moms because you know what? We were not born and raised in a laboratory. We watched our moms. We watch, I mean, I, you know, my mom would like literally clean the counter with disinfectant while I was eating. I am, have no doubt that like she sprayed some bleach in my right, brain, in right? Food, yeah. and because she was a bit of a, a neat freak. But the point yeah. is, is that like I, wa- I obviously my mother had a lot of great qualities, but I, I watched my mom parent. I knew what was important, what wasn't important. I, I parent much like my mom did. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting when you talk about, you know, it kicked in, but I think that stuff kicks in when you first become a mother. And what's so sad now is that we are seeing a lot of moms and dads. Frankly, I think a lot of dads are like, whatever you want, honey. Right. And so, but you see people rejecting the instincts 
of what's safe and unsafe yeah. and what's okay and what's not okay. I mean, it drives me not, and this is, this is what happened. The big thing when I was oh, having kids was, I don't know if you remember the BPA scare. Yes. Uh, you know, BPA, oh, BPA free, BPA free. And I actually have, I've, I've, I've written a lot about that. I've written a lot about these sort of scares that get people kind of nervous. And you know what the manufacturers did? They re- replaced BPA with BPS. And then we're able to say it's BPA mm-hmm. free. And BPS is a, a slightly different class that actually leaches more chemicals into the milk. So they made the change to make everyone feel better. And so they could put BPA free, but it actually didn't make it. Now it both BPA and BPAS, BPA and BPS do not leach much. It's very small amounts of a chemical and it doesn't affect the baby. But the point is, is that I remember being so angry when I learned that. And, and Mm -hmm. because, you know, all these people were running around, throwing out their bottles, replacing them with more expensive stuff. And to be honest with you, my mom handed me a glass bottle and was like, good luck, right? If it breaks, hope you don't cut yourself. Um, So, uh, so I, it's, I don't know, I could go on and on about this, but I just, I loved what you said about it kicked in. I knew what I was doing. I trusted myself and I don't really care what other people are, you know, if they're judging me. So I love this and I love talking to you and we are coming up on our uh, sort of deadline here um, or time timeline here. But I want to ask one more question. Um, And that is, you know, if you were to give one bit of advice to either, you know, a mom who isn't 20, right? is facing, it might be facing a circumstance like this where, you know, suddenly life has changed. Maybe they get pregnant late. Maybe it was an unexpected pregnancy, right? Right. Or something like this, where you have to, you have to um, take in a child of a relative or a friend. Um, You know, what would be the one piece of advice as they're looking at this enormous life change, um, you know, a word of advice or a few things that you would say made it easier on you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I just don't ever cash in on yourself. And what I mean by that is we all come into this world with purpose, with hopes, with dreams. And some of those we do put off until, you know, we're done parenting and some are actually meant for us to do while we're parenting. And so I think, trying to figure out what makes you feel like you're walking in purpose is going to be the most important thing. Because if you're walking in depression or if you are ignoring self-care and part of self-care is keeping on purpose, right? You're actually passing on that sense of unwholeness to your parent, to your kids, you know? And so when I look back at raising my bios, I think there are some things that I should have just kept moving forward and doing. And it would have given my kids a sense of, man, it's not that mom has it all, but mom does know what she's here for. And she's not sacrificing to the point where she doesn't even know who she is anymore. Hmm. So the first thing I did, and it sounds insane, but for me, it's what kept me sane. You know, um, IWN, the Independent Women's Network, came across my you know, uh, it came to me in May, right? Like two months after I got this 14 month old and oh, I got to myself, wow. I was like, self, you have got to make sure that you convince yourself nothing has changed. You still have hopes and dreams and God still has a way to get you there. And so I said, you know, this matches a lot of my passions and this will be a great outlet for me. And so that's when I dove in. It seems crazy, right? To start something like that when you're just like in the middle of this trauma. But for me, it was a reconnect to who I am, stay the course, understand nothing's changed, 
Um, so yeah, don't cash in on yourself. That's the biggest thing. I love that. You know, I love that. And I will say just a little plug for IW. So I work for IW, but I've worked for IW for 16 years and I was working on Capitol Hill and I had to leave. I actually continued to work on Capitol Hill after my first child was born, but I couldn't keep up that pace. And so I quit. And soon after I started working for IW because it was a work from home situation. And, um, and I actually, I was lucky. My Senator actually let me stay home with my child. So I was still working from Mm -hmm. home when I worked for, for Senator Coburn. But um, I, I, uh, I, I knew that IW was sort of committed um, this is before COVID, right? This is before working from home was the norm yeah. and it, it was wonderful. So, you know, it's funny that I think about, I came on to IW this sort of with an, a child, almost the same age as your little, little girl. And it has been, it's always been wonderful for me. So I love that you're, I love that you dove in at a time where everyone would be like, Hey, Right. You know, you might want to back off of things. You actually saw that, you know, conti- sort of continuing um, with your own dreams. Uh, and that's healthy. I think that's healthy also for your little girl. It's also nice to, so I'm just speaking from experience. It's nice to sometimes get a break from the, the new baby <laughs> and do yes, something yes, yes. <laughs> professional. So listen, you have given so mm-hmm. much great advice and perspective. You have such a unique parenting situation. Yeah. I think unique parenting situations demand much more of a bespoke approach yeah. to parenting and that we need to encourage women to say, look, put down the parenting guide, yeah. you know, still, still, still read some and, and, t- and, and consider the advice, but sometimes you just have to, like you said, so wisely, you need to, you need to respect your instincts, yeah. listen to your instincts and do what's best for your family. So Christy, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was a fun talk. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun getting to know you personally too. I'm just I know it's been it. great. It's been yeah. great. Just before we go, give a really quick um, plug for IWN and tell them where they can go to sign up. Yeah. So go to IWNetwork.com and you can look and see if there's a local chapter in your area. If not, start one, just do it. We are having so much fun expanding all throughout um, every state. So yeah, IWNetwork.com. And Christy will be the person that you'll connect with the most. She is the chapter manager and she sort of helps guide people, figures out what they need um, in terms of resources. And this is some pretty like you know, it's, it's, it is more on the policy side. Um, Christy sort of fields questions about like, Hey, you know, I'd really like some talking points or some guidance on writing a letter. I'd like some training. I would like, you know, more information about specific topics. So Christy is your go-to on that. And again, Christy, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. I loved that conversation and I could have gone on and on for hours. Um, and if you loved it, um, I would love you to send comments um, and any follow-up questions to julie.gunlock at iwf.org. Um, you know, the Bespoke Parenting Podcast is a production of the Independent Women's Forum um, and you can help out the organization and me personally by hitting the subscribe button. Um, you can also leave us a comment or review on Apple Podcast, Acast, Google Play, YouTube, or iwf.org. Hang in there, parents, and go bespoke.